Chapter Nine of the Film of Fear by Arnold Fredericks. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Nine. Grace Duval said goodbye to her husband that morning with very little enthusiasm. She was not jealous of him; she was too sensible a woman and trusted him too fully for that. But his sudden interest in Ruth Morton, the charming motion picture star seemed rather incomprehensible to her of course she suspected he was working on a case which concerned the girl although duval had neither affirmed nor denied it but she felt lonely and perhaps a trifle out of sorts and found her solitary breakfasts luncheons dinners a little trying so often before she and richard had worked together why, she wondered, did he so pointedly exclude her from this case? She would have liked to talk it over with him. She sat rather disconsolately in her room most of the forenoon, and about one o'clock made ready for a lonely luncheon. She was just about to leave the apartment when the telephone bell rang. Grace hastened to it at once, hoping that the call might be from her husband a woman's voice low firm determined sounded in her ears i want to speak with mr duval the voice said mr duval is out this is mrs duval very well mrs duval if you want to keep your husband from very serious harm you had better tell him to steer clear of ruth morton's affairs and future a word to the wise you know good day the speaker suddenly rang off. Grace turned from the telephone, her brain in a whirl. What danger threatened her husband? Ought she not to tell him of the message as soon as possible, so that he might be on his guard? And what did this mysterious reference to Ruth Morton's affairs mean? Did it imply that Richard was in any way involved? But that was preposterous. She put the thought from her mind and went down in the elevator to a lonely and not very enjoyable meal. As she left the dining room and passed through the lobby, she thought she saw ahead of her a familiar figure. A moment later she realized that it was Richard himself, walking very rapidly toward the main entrance, his satchel in his hand. Was he leaving the hotel? and if so, ought she not to make an attempt to give him the message she had just received, before he did so? She walked quickly after him, but his pace was so rapid that she reached the sidewalk only in time to see him swing himself into a waiting taxi, baggage in hand, and drive quickly off. But what Grace saw, in addition to this, filled her with queer misgivings, Beside her husband in the cab was a woman, very beautiful woman, whom Grace had no difficulty whatever in identifying as Ruth Morton, and she also noticed, in the brief moment that elapsed before the taxi shot toward the avenue, that the woman seemed to be in tears, and that Richard leaned over with the utmost solicitude and affection, and clasped her hand in his. For the first time in her life, Grace Duval was actually jealous. Thoughts of possible danger to her husband, however, were paramount in her mind. 
without an instant's hesitation she stepped into a second taxi whose driver was trying to attract her attention and told him to follow the car containing the man and woman which had just driven off the chauffeur grinned knowingly nodded and started his car his grin drove from grace's mind her sudden and unaccustomed jealousy she knew that richard must be going away with this girl for some reason connected with his professional work of course that work did not usually include consoling beautiful damsels in distress but there must be extenuating circumstances she put her unpleasant thoughts from her mind and proceeded on her mission to give her husband the warning message she had just received with a reasonably calm mind after a drive of some fifteen minutes she saw the cab ahead of them begin to slow up and observed that her chauffeur did likewise presently the first cab stopped before the doors of a big imposing-looking hotel and richard and miss morton hurriedly entered grace did not at once get out she knew that her husband might resent her having followed him and did not care to put him to any disadvantage by appearing so unexpectedly upon the scene she waited therefore for several minutes until he would have had time to go to his room and then paying off her cabman she strolled quietly into the hotel lobby there were a few persons sitting about but richard was not amongst them going to the clerk at the desk she asked to see mr richard duval the clerk regarded her with a supercilious stare consulted his records in a bored way then informed her that no such person was registered there grace was completely taken aback but i saw him come in only a few moments ago she protested no such person here miss with a frigid smile the clerk turned away watching her however out of the corner of his eye as though he considered her a suspicious character grace leaned over and examined the register there were three entries upon it in a handwriting clearly that of her husband mrs bradley and maid the first entry said miss bradley the second they had been assigned a suite of rooms the third and last entry was john bradley his room adjoined the suite all three were set down as hailing from boston grace puzzled for a long time over this mysterious series of entries without arriving at any definite conclusion regarding them where was the so-called mrs bradley and why had her husband assumed the same name was he posing as ruth morton's brother and if so for what reason she could not make head or tail of the matter and wondered whether she had better send up her card or write richard a note and leave it for him telling of the warning while she was debating the matter in her mind she suddenly saw him emerge from one of the elevators at the opposite side of the lobby and come toward the desk grace approached him at once glad that the matter had been so simply arranged richard she said in a low voice i want to speak to you the gentleman she had addressed regarded her with a frown my name is not richard madam he said pointedly i am john bradley 
you must have made a mistake with a polite bow he passed on grace was completely taken aback she knew that between them there existed a tacit understanding never to address each other in public during the progress of a case unless requested to do so by some sign but she felt that she had important information to give her husband and then she had been a trifle jealous and annoyed the thought that she had committed an error filled her with chagrin without a word she left the hotel at a nearby corner she stepped into a telephone booth and calling up the hotel asked to speak to mr john bradley in a few moments she heard richard's familiar tones this is grace she said quickly i'm sorry i spoke to you just now but i wanted to tell you that some woman telephoned the hotel today and left a warning to the effect that if you did not keep out of miss morton's affairs you would be in serious danger how did you know where i was duval asked i saw you leave the hotel and followed you you should not have done so but i wanted to give you the message i thought you ought to know But how could harm come of it? You drove here in one of the hotel's regular cabs, I suppose? Yes. That the people I am trying to avoid may trace me here through the driver of that cab. Oh, Richard, I'm so sorry. Isn't there anything I can do? <sighs> Nothing now, except to make no further attempt to communicate with me here. <sighs> Goodbye grace returned to her hotel very thoroughly dissatisfied with what she had done it seemed to her that by trying to warn richard of possible danger she might only have brought it upon him apparently he had left their hotel to avoid the very persons who had telephoned the warning message to her she arrived at the door got out of the cab in which she had made the journey and looked about hoping that the cabman who had driven her uptown might now be at his usual stand. To her delight, she saw that he was. She went up to the man, a slim, keen-looking young Irishman, and engaged him in conversation. "'Do you remember driving me uptown an hour or so ago?' she asked. "'Sure I do, miss,' answered the man, touching his cap. "'Then please forget completely where you went, will you?' she handed the man a ten-dollar bill it is barely possible that someone may try to find out through you where i went be sure that you give them no information they'll get nothing out of me miss the man replied pocketing the bill with a pleased grin and if anybody does try to find out get their name if you can and if not a description of them i'll do my best miss i'm stopping here my name is duval mrs duval very good ma'am i'll attend to it ma'am grace went up to her room satisfied that she had remedied her mistake and began to look through an afternoon paper she had bought there seemed nothing better to do during the evening than to go to the theatre glancing down the list of attractions she suddenly saw the name of ruth morton in large letters billed in a new feature play an american beauty 
opening at the grand theatre that night she at once made up her mind to go since yesterday her interest in miss morton had perceptibly increased and in spite of all richard had held her hand she was just finishing her dinner when a page came through the room calling her name she got up at once and followed him to the lobby i am mrs duval she said the boy looked up there's a chauffeur outside wants to see you ma'am he said tom leary grace understood at once and made her way to the sidewalk the cab driver of the morning stood near the entrance i beg pardon ma'am for calling you out he said but i couldn't come in and there was something i felt you ought to know what is it a lady came here to see me a while ago he said smallish-looking woman not pretty with light hair she had on a dark brown suit not very good style ma'am she asked me if i knew anybody in the hotel named duval i said i did i find she'd been asking all the other cabmen and had been to the desk before that i guess she must have been inquiring for your husband ma'am yes yes very likely grace hastily replied what then well ma'am she then asked me if i knew mrs duval i said i did then she wanted to know if i'd driven either you or your husband to any other hotel to-day and i said i hadn't but that i usually did drive you when you went anywhere i took liberty of saying that ma'am yes i'm glad you did go on then she hands me five dollars and says that if i did drive you to any other hotel i was to let her know which one it was where grace asked eagerly the man fished from his pocket a small bit of cardboard upon which was scrawled with a pencil alice watson general delivery grace stared at the bit of paper in surprise had she by some lucky chance discovered the very person for whom richard was seeking of course the name was probably a fictitious one and the address general delivery meant nothing and yet it provided a clue by means of which this woman might be found you have acted very wisely leary she said i am greatly obliged to you do you want me to send her any word ma'am i may i am anxious to get hold of this woman or to be more exact my husband is i will consult with him first however it may be that he will want you to write her a letter giving her some such information as she desires and then by going to the general delivery window at the post office and watching identify her when she comes for it do you think you could arrange to get off and do this well ma'am even if i can't arrange to get off you could of course hire my cab and of course grace interrupted very well i will let you know further about the matter a little later meanwhile here is something more for your trouble she gave the man another bill now drive me to the grand theatre chapter nine